0: My philosophy, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Because what's happening is you're putting yourself in bondage. The devil is getting you to a place where you're not really free anymore because you really have no money. It's all going to yourself and nothing is given to the Lord. So God says, okay, I'll take whatever you have left.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad to have you with us for our continued focus on the blessings of generous, joyful giving to the Lord. Reflecting on the Israelites' decision to neglect the restoration of God's temple in favor of building their own homes, Raul will illuminate how easy it is to set self-serving financial priorities. We hope you'll follow along for fresh motivation to invest in God's heavenly kingdom as you trust Him to care for your earthly needs. The title of today's message is God Always First. Here's Raul Reis.
0: The uh, children of Israel were in Babylon. They've been in the captivity 70 years. After 70 years, the king decided to let 47,500 go back to Jerusalem. When they went back to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was a mess. The temple was burned down. The actual doors and the whole walls were torn down to the ground. So when they got there, they began to look at the city, and they knew they had a lot of work to do. But what they did is they started building their beautiful homes and forgot about the house of God. Their priorities were kind of out of place. I want to speak to you about your priorities, my priorities. These people had given the opportunity to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the house of the Lord so they could continue to do worship before the Lord. But when they got back, they got so busy with themselves and their activities that they began to build these beautiful homes and they began to do this and to do that. And God says, no, what you're doing is not right. Your priorities are all out of place. So, first, verse 1, the prophet speaks of the leadership. He says In the second year of King Dairus, the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet of Zerubbabel, the son of Shatiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, and the high priest So we see that, first of all, he gives the uh, the background to these people, the leaders of that time. And as he speaks about the leaders, he also wants to understand that here God wants to use the leadership as they have the people of God going back and leading the people into worship. But the leaders, instead of leading people to worship, they began to build their beautiful homes. They became an example to the people. A bad example as they begin also to neglect the house of the Lord. Look how he begins in verse 2. Here's now the message. He says, Thus speak the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies. Fourteen times he uses that title, the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord of the armies in the Hebrew. He says, saying, These people are saying, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Notice making excuses, procrastinating, selfishness in the life of these people. All you have to do is not only look at chapter 1, verse 2 here, but you also can look at the world today, the priorities of churches, the priorities of people within the church. If God is number one, then I don't have any situation by reading, studying the Bible, talking to people about Christ. But if Christ is not my priority, then I have the things that become my priority. And they get in the way of God. God wants to be number one every single day of your life and in my life. Verse 3. And then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, so as soon as they start saying that, and God tells them, then the word of the Lord comes. Verse 4. Is it time for you, the question, is it time for yourselves to dwell in these beautiful houses you've built, in this temple to lie in ruins? The house of God in ruins. And you looked at their houses, they were beautiful homes. And then verse 5, he says, And now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies. Notice this. Examination. What does he say? Consider your ways. Underline that. Memorize that. Every time you read the Bible. Consider your ways. What are your ways like today? As you look back at your life. The word here that is used, consider your ways, literally means set your ways upon your hearts. Or your way of life. What is your way of life like? How do you live your life? Where does God fit in your life? Every day, where does God fit in my life? And the problem is that we get ourselves in deep trouble when God is not number one in my life. Then other things become number one in my life and those things destroy my life. I end up worshiping those things. I end up having these things possess my life and can't get rid of them. And the Holy Spirit comes about, if you're a real child of God, he convicts you and says, you've neglected Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're neglecting praying, you're neglecting reading, you're neglecting from going to the house of the Lord, and yet, notice, your life is still in ruins. In ruins. People's lives are in such ruins today. But the house of the Lord being in ruin, no place to worship. Now remember, Paul the Apostle in the New Testament in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3.16 says, Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if any man defile the temple of God, God himself shall destroy him. You see, this is the house of the Lord. We are the house of the Lord now. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How are you caring for the Holy Spirit's home? How do you care for your life? God wanted these leaders to be leaders in leading the people to the right place of worship and rebuilding the house of the Lord so you could go to the house of the Lord and worship the Lord. But there was no house of the Lord. There was only beautiful houses that people possessed. And God was angry. God was angry with the people. You'll see in a moment what he does. In verse 4 he says again, it's a time for yourselves to dwell in your panel houses in this temple to lie in ruins, verse 5. And now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. He's not thus the first time. He'll say it twice. And then he says this, which is interesting. You go to work, and you sow a lot, but you bring in little when you get your paycheck. You eat, and you never have enough. You drink, and you're never filled. You clothe yourself, but you're never worn and he who earns wages earns wages and puts it into a bag, onto the bank that has holes. You put it in, and God takes it from you. Interesting. God takes it from you. These people were taking their income. They would go home, and they didn't have any safes at that time, so they had a hole in the ground. They get a bag. They put their money inside of this hole. They cover it up. And every time they would put money into that bag, God would say, go ahead, put more in. I'm going to take it all from you. And he did. He started taking it away from them. Has God dealt with you in that way in your life? Has been taking away things in your life? Think of all the interest you pay on your cards. 20% interest. You give it to somebody that is just taking you for a little ride. Just to buy things. My philosophy, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Because what's happening is you're putting yourself in bondage. The devil is getting you to a place where you're not really free anymore because you really have no money. It's all going to yourself and nothing is given to the Lord. So God says, okay, I'll take whatever you have left. And I think that as you look at the lesson this morning here, that we see that there was selfishness in these people's lives. They had the wrong priorities. They were working, building, enjoying all their lives, and yet the house of the Lord was not built, and they were totally gone away from God. They were living their own heathen lives. Totally, totally gone from God. And God warns them. He says, you guys, are you at a place in your life where you don't have really enough to pay your bills. You don't have enough to really buy food for your home. And then he says again, verse 7, Consider your ways. Twice he's warning you. Warning me. Consider your ways. Why are these things happening? Step back and consider your ways. Why are these things going on in my life? You know what? God will tell you.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. Connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 for resources to draw you closer to the Lord and guide you in His perfect will. This five-part giving series is conveniently available on an MP3 thumb drive. We'll tell you more about that in just a few moments. Let's rejoin Roll now for the final part of our study, God Always First. He says in verse 8... Notice,
0: go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, saith the Lord. What is he doing? Put God first, build my house. Build my house. Notice verse 9 through 11. The prophet evidence now of God's chasing in hand. Now, you don't listen, I'm going to have to spank you. That's what God says. You don't listen, I'm going to spank you. Verse 9. You look for much, but indeed it comes to not a, a little bit. When you brought it home, listen, I blew it away. I blew it away. It's God that blows it away. You got your check, you brought it home, and the time you made your bills and you paid your bills, I blew the rest away. There's nothing left. And then God asks a question, why, saith the Lord of hosts? Here's the answer. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you is enjoying your own houses. Enjoying your own houses, or places of what? Of pleasure. And God says it won't work. That will not work. At the first of the year, this is the first day of the year, we make a lot of promises to God. But I mean, why say anything to God? Just do it. Just do it. Because you and I know that we're going to break a lot of things this year. We're going to promise something and we're going to break that promise. But you cannot, you cannot break the promise of giving to God what belongs to God. Because if you don't, he'll take it from you. And when he takes it from you, you'll be sorry. Because that's the way God works. He does it in love. He does it by grace. Because he loves you. He loves me. But when you listen and you sit and you listen to a sermon like this and you're hearing what the Word of God says, there's no excuse. You are accountable. I am accountable this year because I've learned what God desires of my life. And that's to give of my life and to give everything that I possess in my life. Don't give it to the bank, give it to God. You will blow your mind how much God will help you. And then he says, verse 10. Therefore, again, what I just told you, listen to what I'm going to tell you now. Therefore, the heavens above, you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. God says this, and because you're not disciplined, and because you're not listening, I'm going to close the heavens. There's not going to be any rain. I'm going to teach you guys that I'm in control, he says. Verse 11. For I call for a drought on the land And the mountains. And the grain and the new wine and the oil. And whatever the ground brings forth. On men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. He says, you work so hard. You do so many things. It's all going to come to nothing. To nothing. He says, I'm going to punish you. My judgment is on his way. No rain. No fruit. Nothing. He goes on and he says. In verse 12 to 15 now. This is the response of renewing priorities now because their priorities are so out of whack. And here God was dealing with his people that were being disobedient, spending everything in themselves. They would come home, dig a hole, put their bag of gold in the hole, and then God would take it all. And they couldn't pay their rent, they couldn't buy anything. Because they were robbing from God everything that was given to them. I wonder when we learn our lessons that we say, okay, Lord, enough is enough. I'm done. This is what happens here with the people of God. In the rest of the chapter, you'll see that they came to a place in their lives where they said, you know what, God, I got spanked already, so I am learning my lessons, and now I want to do not what I want. I want to do what you want me to do. That's good. I want to do what you want me to do. And Haggai was exhorting the people of God. Look, if you had the temple to worship God, your lives would be totally different. You would be in submission to God. God would be speaking to you. You would be sharing the gospel with other people. People could see the transformation in your house. And when God would do that, if they were to build a house of the Lord first, guess what? God would never say your houses are over you and they're lording over your life. God would say, man, that's awesome. Look at your beautiful house. Because he knows you're giving to him first, not to yourself. God is not down on people having things in their lives. He's down when people worship those things and they take over their lives and they have nothing to give to God. And that happens all the time in churches and outside of the church. Now watch the people obeying verse 12. The response now to the priorities. Renewing my priorities before God. And then Serubbabel, the son of Shatiel, Joshua, the son of Jehosadak, the high priest, and all the remnant, underline that again, remnant, not everybody, there's a remnant of people in the house of the Lord. A remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord, nor is their God, not your God, their God, my God is personal to me. I like what he said there. He says, With all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared in the presence of the Lord. They didn't have that fear before. But as God began to speak to their hearts through the prophet's message... As Haggai came and gave them the message, somehow the Spirit of God began to convict them as they looked at their houses, they looked at everything they possessed, and then they went outside and looked at the house of the Lord, and there was no house to worship. They became convicted. And through conviction, they came to obedience. To obedience in the house of the Lord. To do what God wanted them to do. Verse 13, the response of encouragement, notice. And then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. Before he didn't say that. Now he says, because they repented, I am with you. The presence of God upon their lives. The protection of God upon their lives. Everything that God had promised, now God is going to give them and he's going to do it for them. When he says, I am with you, I am with you when you do the work of God. I am with you when you are, notice, serving me. When you're loving me, when you're caring, notice, for my people, and I am caring for you. And when that happens, there's a change. A change of attitude, a change of character. A change in everything that I say, everything that I do. Wherever I am, I have to be different. Because as I become different then I can give the message God gave to me to other people. And that message is the message of love. The love that God has for each one of us individually. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And when I read those scriptures, it just really penetrates my heart. Because I know that the years that I've been in the Lord, 40-some years in the Lord, that I've learned through my mistakes... I've been spanked many times, and as I was spanked, I learned my lesson that has given me not only insight to the Word of God, but it has given me the joy to know that what I'm doing for the Lord is not temporal, it's eternal. Eternal. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's what God wants from each one of our lives today. Hey, don't make promises, just start living the life. And you'll blow your minds. When you come to church, when you give to God, don't put yourself first. When you put him first in coming to the house of the Lord and giving to the house of the Lord and doing everything God has said here, guess what's going to happen? People not only will see the change in your life, but your own family will see the change in your life. And God will reward you. And God will bless you. Because of his love, his grace, his mercy that he has for each one of us individually. And Haggai was following the steps of the Lord. And the Lord had given him wisdom and knowledge on what to do with the people of God. And as the people of God were way over here living for themselves as God's word came and God's word began to penetrate their hearts, there was no way to go back this way but only to go this way. To build the house of the Lord and to do God's will in my life. He says in verse 14 now, and 15, The people working enthusiastically. They didn't have enthusiasm before, only for the world. But now they have enthusiasm for the Lord. He says, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Sarubabal, the son of Shatiel. One by one of the leaders, the Lord began to stir them up with joy and excitement. Hey, we're going to build the house of the Lord. We're going to be able to serve in the house of the Lord. We're going to be able to see people come into the house of the Lord. And that's what's so awesome about a pastor, about a church, when you see people coming into the house of the Lord for the first time and then they get say they get convicted by the Holy Spirit. And then you see the old saints. that maybe have been around a long time. they can get kind of cold in the Lord, but then at the same time, when you see them being revived by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit, then they can be effective in the work of God too. All of us here, no matter how old you are or who you are. But you got to love Jesus. you got to love Jesus with all your heart, with all your might. With everything that is in you. He goes on to say, The governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And the spirit of the remnant, there it is again, of the remnant of the people. That they came and worked in the house of the Lord of hosts. Notice now, their God. They're God now. Why? Because they repented. They went to work for the house of the Lord. They, notice, they're doing what they were supposed to do when they came out of Babylon, which they didn't do. Now their priorities are in order. Seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what God desires from each one of us individually.
1: Well, if you've been putting earthly possessions before eternal investments, we encourage you to take today's lesson to heart and make some changes in your financial priorities. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's message titled, God Always First, give us a call at 800-634-9165. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' entire giving series. This five-part study has been downloaded to an MP3 thumb drive so you can easily meditate on God's guidance throughout your day. You'll learn more about what it looks like to truly trust the Lord's provision for your needs as you carry out His kingdom-building plans. Get in touch with us today to order Rawls' five-message giving series on MP3. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your USB drive for a gift of ten ninety five or more. Our phone number again is 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. You'll also want to take advantage of all of our free resources. Join Rawl for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. You can also browse Spotify and iTunes for podcasts of all of these programs and download our app for live-streamed Bible teaching. If you have any prayer requests or Bible questions for Raul to respond to personally, his email address is pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. Don't forget, we are a listener-supported ministry. We are blessed to partner with you in sharing God's life-shaping word, and we're grateful for your tax-deductible donations. Join us next time as we continue this series with a challenge to honor God by giving back to Him from the first fruits of all that He provides. You'll see that while it's easy to prioritize your personal spending agenda, God deserves better than the leftovers of your bank account. Here's Roll now with the final word. They saw God speaking,
0: God was speaking in a powerful way, they were selfish, they were all into their own little lives, but all of a sudden they began to see that they were stealing from God, where everything belonged to God, and because they did not give to God, God's taking away everything from them, until God says, enough is enough. And then they decided, wow, this is what took place. So what did they do? They came to God. They got their lives together. And they gave to God what belonged to God. And they had no more problems. The Lord began to bless them. The Lord began to use them. And I feel that today, God not only wants to use your life, but he wants to direct your life in a powerful way. That when you go to work, that you would be a real Christian in your neighborhood, Your neighbors that watch your life, your children, your grandchildren, brothers and sisters, friends, that they can see that not only they look at a person that doesn't compromise, but that truly they're seeking first the kingdom of God.